Hello, Seattle Bird Podcast listener. For the next two weeks, we're doing something a little different. Each Sunday, we will release an encore episode, one of our favorites from the archive. This also serves as a reminder for dedicated listeners who need to catch up on old episodes in the back of their podcast player. After that, we'll have a special surprise. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Christian Hagenlocker, and I teach middle school science here at Seattle Country Day School. This week, we're trying something a little different. I discuss chasing rare birds with Christian Hagenlocker, a birding legend around Seattle, and I will share that interview with you here, right now, on the Seattle Bird Podcast. Okay, and Christian, what was your spark bird? My spark bird was a peregrine falcon that I saw when I was young in downtown Seattle at my grandmother's work. So she worked in the Washington Mutual Tower, and there was a pair of nesting peregrine falcons on uh, that building in downtown Seattle, and that got me interested in birds, and I've been a fan of falcons ever since. Cool. How long have you been birding? I've been birding since I was probably 10 years old, but was interested in birds earlier than that and didn't start keeping a list till I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Cool. What advice would you give to a beginning birder? Probably to focus on one thing at a time. A lot of times when looking at birds, it's easy to try and be looking at their field marks and listening to their call and you're hearing other birders point out all of these things. I would recommend that birders focus on just learning and focusing on the sizes of different birds and getting used to comparing the size and then maybe looking at um, their field marks, like just focusing on certain traits of the bird before learning the calls and kind of by compartmentalizing it or learning about their bird, learning about different birds in bite-sized chunks helps make it a little bit more digestible than trying to learn everything all at, all at once because there's a lot to learn as a beginning birder. Mm-hmm. If you were a bird, what bird would you be? If I was a bird, I would probably... I'll say a peregrine falcon because peregrine in Latin means wanderer. And while I live here in Seattle, I really enjoy traveling. And a lot of my travels take me between North America and South America, which is the migration of our local peregrine falcons. And so I would say that if I could choose to be a bird, it would be a peregrine falcon. Nice. Well, I've brought you here today to talk about staking out rare birds. Are there any principles people should keep in mind when they're staking out a rare bird? Great question. I think that when staking out a rare bird, it's important to do your homework and know exactly um, where that bird has been seen, as well as looking at the sightings to see if you can figure out a pattern. Sometimes it really helps to know if a bird is seen, let's say at a backyard bird feeder, where that feeder is, and then when it's not being seen there, looking for other reports of that bird in the immediate vicinity, because you can definitely get carried away with, oh, the bird's not here, so I'm gonna go look around. Sometimes that pays off, but oftentimes if you know how that bird moves around and you figure out its pattern, you can increase your chance of seeing it. So my advice is to, when a bird is staked out, to go there and stay there unless you can see a pattern and then try some of the other spots of similar habitat or some of the other places it's been reported and check those. But always be sure to return to the original location because oftentimes a bird stakeout is exactly that when a bird stays in a certain area. Here on the Seattle Bird Podcast, 
we used to do a segment about checking the rare birds that are in the eBird rare bird list. Do you use that? I do, yes. I, I definitely rely on the daily rare bird alert for Washington. I don't keep track or list all the species I see in King County, but King County is where I practice and get better at my bird identification and I'm learning more about the birds here in my home county. But I definitely use eBirds Rare Bird Alert to keep track of what birds show up. And if it's close by me, I love to go see it and learn more about that bird by watching it. Recently, there's a brambling spotted around King County and you went looking for it. Tell more about that. I did. So I got a text message from a friend who alerted me to the brambling that was identified at a resident's bird feeder. And she didn't know what it was and shared photos on a local group on Facebook to see if people could identify it. And it was a brambling. So I w wasn't able to leave work and go chase it till the next day. And after school, I went to look for it. I didn't end up seeing it, but I was looking for it in people's uh, backyards in a Seattle neighborhood. And it's neat that it seems like this year there's more than one brambling that have made their way from Asia, which is where they normally live, Asia and Europe, over to Western Washington. So it's nice to have a few bouncing around the area. And what kind of bird is the brambling? What does it look like? The brambling is a finch. It's about the same size as a house finch. So it has kind of a longer notched tail. The males are bright orange and have uh, kind of some speckling on them. Um, they're pretty bright and they have an unstreaked orange breast, an orange shoulder, and a white rump. And then in the winter time, which this bird is in its winter plumage, it has a gray head and a yellow bill. And were there any other recent birds you've staked out in Seattle? Not in Seattle, but over the weekend I drove up to the Skagit Flats, just north of Mount Vernon, um, where there was a jeer falcon reported. And the jeer falcon's uh, North America's largest falcon, actually the largest falcon in the world. And this individual has been wintering in that area, taking advantage of the high numbers of ducks and geese, particularly snow geese, to hunt and capture. This was an adult jeer falcon, and I was really interested to see it. My car license plate is Jeer Falcon and so this is a special bird that's near and dear to my heart and I unsuccessfully spent all day Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday looking for the Jeer Falcon and I missed the football game because I was looking for the Falcon the entire day and didn't see it. Oh. And then just some other questions. What's the rarest bird you've ever seen? That's an excellent question. Um, rare could mean a couple of different things. Probably the bird I've seen with the fewest number of individuals in the wild might be the whooping crane or California condor, which are both recovering from extinction, so their population numbers are low. If you define rarity as how often it occurs in a certain area, I've seen a couple different birds in North America for the first time. So I saw a pine flycatcher in Arizona, and that was the first time that bird had been seen in North America, as well as a Cuban vireo. I saw the first Cuban vireo to be identified in North America in Florida in 2016. Wow. What do you think the longest you ever waited to see a specific bird is? I've waited over 30 years to see a king penguin. And finally, just this last winter break, I went to Antarctica. And on that journey, uh, I was able to visit a breeding colony and see king penguins. And so, 
yeah, over 30 years. I've always wanted to see and dreamed of seeing a king penguin, and that just came true. And how long have you waited on a stakeout to, uh, of a specific bird? The longest I've waited to see a specific bird, I spent three days going back to the same stakeout location in the mountains of Arizona to look for a bird called an Aztec thrush. It's a relative of a robin, and I knew the general area was hanging out. I camped out each night in the woods nearby and spent three solid days looking for it all day, every day, and never saw it. So that's the longest I've ever waited to see a bird is probably 72 hours. Wow. And what's the earliest you've ever woken up to see a bird? Ooh, that's a great question. I've woken up in the middle of sleeping because I heard a great horned owl. And so that was at one or two in the morning. I've also woken up at three in the morning to drive five or seven hours to a rare bird stakeout to be there at sunrise to see it. So I've stayed up all night and also woken up very early in the morning to see birds. Uh, can you see great horned owls in Seattle? You can, yeah. They're a pretty common bird in larger undeveloped sections of forests, but they also thrive in urban landscapes. So you might even be able to hear a great horned owl from your backyard. You're pretty bird famous for doing a big year. Can you explain what that is? Yes, so a big year is spending an entire year starting January 1st and ending at the end of December birding a certain area. It could be a yard big year, a county big year, a state big year, or a country or continent big year. I did what's called an ABA big year, so birding in uh, the American Birding Association or the ABA area, which includes Canada and the United States and its territories um, and Hawaii. And so I spent 2016 trying to see as many bird species as possible and ended up breaking the old record for that number. So I saw 752 birds in 2016, um, living out of my Subaru Outback and driving around the country seeing birds. Uh, did you stop at Seattle to see any birds? I did, I actually started and ended my big year in Seattle. So January 1st, I left Seattle very early in the morning and saw a barn owl while I was driving. So that was just after midnight um, on January 1st, and then I ended the year in Seattle. I just come back from seeing a red-flanked blue tail, which is a rare Asian bird, uh, like a flycatcher in Idaho, and drove back to Seattle and spent the, celebrated the new year at the end of the year here in Seattle with my family. Oh, there was a red-flanked blue tail in Seattle, which that, I actually went to go see. Oh, that's right, cool, and you saw it, right? Yeah. Awesome, so we both have, have seen that. Um, really cute, big-eyed little thrush. Well, thank you for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to speaking with you again.